1: Welcome to Healthcare Now.
2: This is Doctor Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we've got April Peterson, Peterson on the line yep. once again this week. Uh, we did this; uh, it, it would be a couple weeks ago. Yep. Where we started talking about our it was our hundred first show. So this is yep. our hundred second mm-hmm. show. Yep. So we're doing a little recap. Uh, I got, got good feedback on that last show, so yes. we're going to continue yes. it, and you know we're going to keep doing it till we get the whole list. Yep. How you doing today, April?
3: I am fair to partly
2: cloudy. How about you guys? <laughs> that sounds about right. Sounds about right. The uh, the uh, Florida weather is uh, looking a little a little gray today. It was we'll raining it when we came in. It did. Yep. It did. Yep. Yeah. All right. right. Well, we. You know, it's funny. We were kind of uh, discussing. We all came up with the same point where we left off without mm-hmm. actually going back and listening to the show. So that right. was that was good. As, as far as a measurement of our memories. So, right. you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident there. Yep. We're going to start off with the value-based care movement and right. what, what that's all about, Larry. And what it
4: means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we... Uh, managed care has been around for a very long time, Dr. Right. Mark, as yes. you know, mm-hmm. all the way back into the early to mid-'80s. Yep. When HMOs were first
2: introduced, I think, in 1984. Yeah, it's like Tampa Bay HMO was one of the very first ones. It yep.
4: was. Mm-hmm. And Harvard Health Plan was one of the first ones up in the Northeast. Gotcha. And then... You know, it's a progressed and advanced into today, they call it value, the value-based care movement. And really what that's all about is paying for outcomes, right. not just paying FIFA service transactional medicine anymore.
2: Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning that, that there have been a lot of models in between, right? There's a lot of things. There's and, still and models. Still models, yeah. yeah. And it seems like there's a five to maybe eight-year run of each of these models and now the little pieces of the models stay on and sometimes the labels stay on yep but we can say with some confidence here that the the value-based care movement seems a little more solid there's fewer people were naysaying in the beginning whereas everything else is sort of like the yeah this isn't going to work right so we we said that you and i said that together uh seven years ago yep and i would say now it's it's Considerably stronger than it was even then.
4: Well, even even we've when we've got such a partisan Congress out there today, and and yep. Washington is completely broken.
2: Yeah, they're partisan. are still yeah. Yeah.
4: together on where health care needs to go. They, they know are. that they the health care costs in America are too high, and they're spiraling out of control, right. and and outcomes in America need to be improved.
2: Right, but I don't want to give them too much credit because the reason. They know that. And the reason it's still top of the notch is their constituents are affected. That's right. And, and they, they complain about it every day, right? That's right. That's April, right. I mean, you, you're you're out there visiting folks, and that's got to be their number one complaint is the in, cost in, of health care in individually, yep. right?
3: Well, not even just consumers, but physicians were complaining about it because it's sure. so hard for them to navigate it. Yep. Yep. So, yep. yeah, I think that's exactly why they're paying attention. <laughs> yeah,
2: and it kind of takes us a little off track, but when we look at what Congress has done... It hasn't kept up with the needs, but it's always in the conversation. In every election, they talk about security and they talk about healthcare, yep. and that's always in the top five. Defense things. and
4: healthcare—that's it.
2: Like how, who you're going to vote for, and right. it's people who stand behind what you believe in defense and healthcare, yep. and then the, then you know the other the other three of the top five balance out to be some different sure. things. You know,
4: April, you're in our offices almost every day, every week. And as you know, we have seven or eight different value-based care programs with our different managed care and payers. Talk a little bit about how you communicate what value-based care is to our physicians and their staff.
3: Well, really, from the physician perspective, it is just an education of how the transition has changed from that fee-for-service methodology, meaning Uh, I went to my doctor, he puts a code on a claim, he gets paid the same amount no matter what, have a nice day. Two, going to my physician and having the physician now record a lot of different things, meaning if I have any chronic conditions, if I have any um, preventative health screenings that need to be addressed, any of those things. So it's a different way of looking at it, but also of recording it. So I think from the physician side, it is that you know, how do I keep that record as up-to-date and as concise on the actual, you know, issues that my patient is having? So, and then obviously, based on those outcomes is how the reimbursement is affecting them. So, it really is a transition, and I would say that probably 80% of uh, physicians today really have embraced it, and they're really working to make that transition, Um, but again, there's always those that it's you know, it's just a little difficult. It's a yeah, big right. change, and so right. they gotta they gotta swallow it.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think our listeners would probably sit back and and assume that physicians know more about these things than anybody else, and we really do not. No, uh, because when you're out there working, whether you're an employee physician or an independent physician, you know, you're, there's not a lot of spot in your day to learn about the business of medicine. Right. You're patient centered. Right, and there are there are certain things that we have to keep up with to keep our licenses up, and I will guarantee you that there's not a single thing that has to do with this. And and whether that's just that the personalities that are drawn towards medicine are less drawn towards the financial thoughts right. or it's more they're just busy, yeah. you know. And I think, you know, with the structures when we talk to our our folks about going joining joining our groups. Yep, they still can't believe that. You mean so I'm I have a contract with an insurance company, right? I'm gonna I'm still going to charge a fee, but at the end of the year, if we individually and we as a group hit certain metrics, we're just going to get an additional check, right? So they get that a bonus. They get that yep. right away. Yep. yep, and and it softens the blow of. Year after year, yeah. we're going to talk about this in an upcoming show. We are the, the cuts that we see, at, yeah. and I, when I say year after year, Unbelievable. I'm not kidding, right? It's oh. we there's not been Every a year, year missed since the 80s, and
4: the specialists are the ones that have been dinged the most.
2: Yes, there's some site, specialties
4: right, right. have been reduced in the last 10 years, Doctor Mark, over 40. percent
2: Oh, I was going to I was going to say close yeah. to 50. Yeah. percent yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no there's no question, and when you look at the government supported groups, I mean, you, it, what other industry could you do better in nineteen eighty six than and today? today? Yeah, yeah. And, and and I mean and, dollar and for dollar. the primary
4: dog. care, which is the focus now, of value based and the, where the patients are attributed and responsible for, they're getting pennies increases. Right, they're not getting anything one percent, half of a percent over yeah. the last ten years.
2: Well, Larry, when HMOs came, yeah, yeah, right, no, yeah. When, when HMOs hit hit the scene, those primary care doctors were were referred to as gatekeepers. That's right. And so those who were behind the HMOs thought this is it. This is how we're going to control costs because we're going to put this one person in charge. And the gatekeepers didn't want to be gatekeepers. That's right. The only thing that happened is the hospitals made this idea to get an idea in their head that, you know, those gatekeepers direct where people go for things. So if we can own the gatekeeper we yep. can control yep. market flow to our hospitals, right? right. And, and that's one of the reasons the whole thing failed, because yep. there were assumptions made about what who wanted to do what. Yep.
4: Well, another reason that it failed, Dr. Mark, is because that gatekeeper model was really targeted for the payers to figure out how to not, not to pay claims. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's well, where the whole thing fell well apart. Well, that's
2: who supported the whole thing, That's right. right. That, yeah. That's right. And in that's value-based right. care, interestingly, the reason it's working, and we talked about why our group has worked, why, because it's, it, to be honest, I mean, I'll tell our listeners time and time again, it is very difficult to get a large group of physicians yes. together and agree on things. It's just not our nature. we about
4: 60,000 lives yeah. today.
2: So, yeah. so it's, so we talked about when we put this group together, how, how it would have to work in order to make sure yeah. both sides felt, felt good that the organizational side mm-hmm. and the delivery side. Now with the insurance companies, Every dollar that's saved, they're getting we get 50% yeah, it, of that. And they're yeah. getting 50% of that's it. That's right. That's right. And and they're getting, if you look at it, they're having that entire dollar saved. So, so the whole so program it's a win pays win. for itself. Right. It's a win-win. Yeah. Win. So right. so the, the companies have all come on board yep. because it'd be foolish not to.
4: And doctors are coming on board. But let me go back just a minute, Dr. Mark, and get your and April's thought. When value-based movement first came out, and even managed care for that matter, it was the concept with the doctors is, oh, you're going to tell me how to practice medicine. Right. And mm-hmm. that didn't sit well. But in reality, the reason for value-based is not trying to tell a doctor how to practice medicine, but give them the analytics right. and the information to treat their patients and, better.
2: And a report card. That's right. Right. So and the analytics. And yeah. I think that came out of the idea of a uh, best case. Yes. You know when, when there are all these best practices and the work involved in determining what was a best practice, yep. and just again for to define that, if there was any uh, event or any procedure, there was a way to handle yep. it, yep. and a lot of doctors didn't and like the surgery, feeling of being told. You would told, know that more than most. Oh yeah, it was very yep. very tight. Yep. I mean, there were there was a, a period of time where it became very clear that placement of nasogastric tubes and placement of Foley catheters for Mm -hmm. for urine output were detrimental, right? And and so not that they could never be used, but there were very specific circumstances, and they were most costly. I mean, they're most detrimental to the patient, but most costly to the hospitals. Okay. So hospitals really got on board, and this was based on good science. Okay, so when they said, you know what, as a group, we use nasal tubes too often.
4: Interesting, and
2: yep. so that that was adopted by most folks. Now in training, paper after paper, you know, you're, you're still reading papers and training, you know, every right. every day. And, studies, and, and all yeah. That. So, yeah. The, well, I, even no big studies that were showing okay. better outcomes, and so you were then telling the people that were training you that, oh, well, actually, we probably don't even need this. And so now you're talking to somebody that maybe been practicing for 25 years and has had a very successful practice. And you're going to tell them something major. You can't do that anymore. Right. And, of course, the trainee or the new, new hire doesn't tell them that. But when the hospital started doing it, it wasn't the wrong thing. But they got to a point where there were doctors that were told, you know what? We understand that this isn't for you, but you're going to have to find another yep. place to yep. practice. And, and a it, lot and, of that happened. Oh, it's, it's continuing yeah. to happen. Yeah, and I'm not saying it, it, it's sad, not bad. Because you, ha- you have to be fluid. When new information comes about, we in healthcare have to be fluid. Yep. And that's true on the practice side and on the economic side. It I mean, works. that makes sense.
4: Absolutely. And April, we're going to go to break here in a minute. But real quickly, what's your thoughts on uh, the analytics piece in educating the physician versus trying to make them understand we're not trying to tell them how to practice medicine?
3: Well, it's crucial because at the end of the day, value-based care is, is two things. It's quality and cost. I mean, that's what it all kind of boils down to, right? And so by providing those analytics or those report cards, like Dr. Mark said, is exactly what they need. And they, quite frankly, want from me all the time because they need to know where it's going, how they are doing. Um, again, it's all outcome-based. So right. how else would they know without so those? Bi- so
2: now there's buy-in, there's interest, and they're, you know, they're part, of, part of the process. This right.
4: is a great discussion. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back and continuing talking about all the topics we've discussed in our first 100 shows.
1: We'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry.
5: The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com.
4: Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and
1: Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. You have
2: found the Healthcare Now Studios. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones and April Peterson, and we are talking about what we talked about for the last 100 shows. The last two years. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. April, you closed out with a comment that made me think of something we've said a number of times when you're talking about outcomes, you know, decreasing cost and increasing quality. And to me, I know that that's true, and I've experienced it, there are studies out there that show that any time a group of physicians get together and make a decision on how to do things as a group, money is saved and quality goes up. Absolutely. But if I told you that, you know, the quality of your automotive vehicle that you choose goes up when the cost goes down, you're going to laugh me out of the room. So this is exactly. unusual. There's some iron, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, a, you know, it's really something that you have to pay yep. attention to, but it so, is a fact. Yep. When when we do better as a medical care system in controlling yeah. cost, we are actually improving quality.
4: Well, it's interesting you mentioned that, Doctor Mark, because value based medicine has also been called team based medicine.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I've not heard it called that. Interesting. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, and and I think that's that's sort of a, a feel good, a little a little politically yeah. positive mm-hmm. thing for the mo- movement. And, and you know, as and that I've fits right into yeah, what you does. just said. Yeah, everybody's got to work together. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, yeah so we, but
3: I have a great question for you guys, and you just you just keyed it in there, Doctor Mark. So okay, so now we've got all these physicians that are working to help reduce the overall total medical cost. Their quality has gone through the roof, which again reduces costs. Right. So why is my premium more this year than it was last year?
2: Well, that was that is an unplanned segue yeah. to our next topic. That's right. Uh, <laughs> one of our goals when we stopped, started this show. Was to track that healthcare dollar. Yep, because we see in the news we actually dissected the dissected. Yep, yep. Yep. We, yep. We we see in the news that 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 four point six trillion dollars was spent. That was that's twenty twenty. Yep, numbers. Mm-hmm. And we're expecting here in twenty twenty three that we're probably going to spend closer to eight. Yep, um, yep. it's been well, up and down. I mean, about twenty co-
4: twenty eight. Yeah, yep. but
2: it, yep. during COVID they thought there was there was going to be an acceleration. Yep. But I think we've sort of leveled leveled that concern mm-hmm. out. Yep. But but we want to say you know where's it going and it it's made me sit down and really think about what that four point six trillion dollar number is all yep. about like that's money it's not money that is burned right it's money that is charged from one group and it ends out in the pockets of somebody somewhere yep. somehow and in less we, than ten percent
4: that. actually go to the physicians who yes. do the work
2: and right. call the shots and and I'm not I'm not nod my head to that because i'm whining about it what i'm what the thing that is so so unnerving about that fact is that the physician is the face of a patient's healthcare. that's right and they are the representative they're not thinking about the ceo of a pharma company that's right they're thinking about that person that said this is what you're going to do and when they get a bill or they get a year's expenditure of these thousands upon thousands of dollars they have an unconscious assumption that it's going into that physician's yeah, pocket. Exactly. Now, if you ask them, they realize that there's a lot of else, but but nobody believes yeah. that it's it's in that ten percent right. realm.
4: And exactly, and but we know it is. We yes, look it at is. it every day. Oh, but absolutely. on the other side, Doctor Mark, mm-hmm. there are some markets like Orlando, right? That a percentage of that healthcare dollar, sixty-five to seventy percent, goes to the hospital.
2: Yes. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Think
4: of the differences there.
2: Yeah, and they'll they'll come back and tell you that it's it's all related to overhead. And there's absolutely a relationship between overhead and and, and and what you need to to make things happen. And there's absolutely a relationship between loss and you know what you're going to do yep. for but your. But it's community. also healthcare but pricing
4: and policy. It
2: is. It's it, it's not exactly it's not an it even playing field. No, no question about no. it. So it did. We spent a lot of time talking about that. We we've talked about the enormous profits that a lot of the pharmaceutical and and, and the and insurance many companies others,
4: and even some of the health systems and yep. insurance companies. Yep,
2: yep. Tremendous.
3: Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Thirty to forty percent is your administrative fee. To- your payer or to your insurance yeah. company, so right. you know, just to facilitate that health plan, right? Yeah. And
2: and with the insurance companies, you know, there's a built-in every year. You know, they're allowed to make fifteen percent profit over over yep. what they're putting out there. That's right. And so there, I always said there was only one way to increase what that bottom number was, and that was to increase how much you're charging. Yeah. And back so to annuals comment about
4: premiums mm-hmm. built into every actuarial number for most health plans in America is a twelve percent annual. Rate increase.
2: Oh, they haven't missed it once. Not once. Not once. Yep. And so that Go that goes to increasing the total amount of dollars in that fifteen percent. Right. Right. But now these companies have gotten really brilliant, yep. and now they're buying non-insurance companies and making yep. them part of it, yep. like United with Optum, all, all these groups, and 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 there isn't a cap on profits there. That's right. So well, there is so, no cap. So all the so. all the major insurers. They own a lot of other companies. They own delivery systems. They own, uh, you know, uh, pharmaceutical yep. systems. So there's a lot to that. So let
4: me throw out this to both of you guys, both April and you, Doctor Mark. Mm-hmm. If we've seen a 12 percent annual rate increase adjustment in an actuarial number with every payer every year for the last 10 years, right. how is it that specialist costs have been reduced right. in reimbursement 40 to 50 percent?
2: Right, and and primary care costs haven't and jumped haven't up to jumped balance up. it. No. Right, you know. In, in fact, yep. they haven't gone up. Right, right. So no there there is there is a black hole that and and I think we've we've talked about it at and least every times. other week. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it's and it's the idea that the physicians are in this business to take care of people. That's right. And that healthcare is extremely personal and people really shouldn't be taken advantage of. That's right. Right?
4: But how, they are. And,
2: and how, so that yeah. so the yeah. physicians have a lot of regulation on them as to yep. what they can do. In fact, yep. we're basically... I'm giving a talk at the uh, medical school in a couple of weeks about how you guys actually get paid. And we get paid. Okay. Essentially, all boils down to relative value units. That's right. So we do a CPT thing... CPT
4: codes based on yep. RVUs. Right.
2: Um, so so, so, so who minutes. makes the CT, CPT codes? Right. The government, right? Medicare. So they're, they're, and 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 all of the insurance companies follow the same numbers. That's right. Right? So, so we are... One, we're not we're not just regulated. We are 100 percent government regulated in Without what we can make. That's right. The only way we can make more is to work more, and there's a limit to that. Especially right. when they keep cutting yep. those RVUs right. per for each CPT code, and you are you you run out of time in the yep. day, right? So that's that's the difference. Now, if we go to a hospital system, or we go to big pharma, or we go to an insurance company, they don't have those kinds of regulations on earnings right. now the insurance company has that one but there's an easy workaround right you know, just buy a different company mm-hmm. in health care and then that'll add to the profits so that's the issue yeah it's and that, to speak it's, to it's that, that regulation mark
4: is where shared savings comes into play it does in the value-based world shared savings basically is a sharing of the savings between the payer and the physician
2: right but but we're going to talk about shared savings five years from now, yep. and it's still going to be going. But that 10% number of the expenditure, to it's, the, not, going the, up. it's not going up. And, and I guarantee it's not going I'm up. I'm glad it's you just, brought that it's up. It's just keeping yep. that level. Yep. I mean, I'd, I'd like to say that our heads are just above water, but I think it's just below yep. water, yep. Yep. and it's just keeping mm-hmm. us there.
4: I'm glad you mentioned that because I want April to speak to this after I make this comment. Mm-hmm. But, yes, shared savings in the last three to five years – has increased dramatically for physicians, but the overall dollar paid to physicians of the healthcare dollar has not increased a single point.
2: Talk about that, April, I've got I got some thoughts on it too. Yeah.
3: Well no, I mean it's it's obvious and, and we were talking about their fee for service reimbursement, but also too, when you look at the fifty percent of the dollar that they saved, it you know, where is that algorithm? Who is figuring out how that actually breaks down into dollars and cents? You know, so and yeah. that goes back into well, the it's analytics. The it's actually, yeah. well, I, it, yeah. but it's actually looking at it in in the totality of an annual cycle, right? So it's not just I saw my doctor for my annual wellness visit in the first quarter of the year. Um, it's everything that's happened to me in the entire year. You Correct. know what I mean? It's absolutely. So I think there's a lot of factors that go into play that. Um, are are sometimes even out of the control of a primary care physician
2: no for sure for sure, yeah. but I mean when we look at that big picture of of we're we 're essentially bringing more money to the table for the physicians, right. but what happens April every year you get a new contract and the, the, and and I have not yep. negotiated a contract up. One single time. Fee-for-service
4: rates yep. will never go up right. again.
2: They're, well, they keep going down. It, that's right. They, and, and the value-based is the only down.
4: opportunity to, right. to increase so, your
2: revenue. But but it's and increasing you know what,
3: you know the revenue in face of loss. Yeah. Yep. Well, I find it interesting, too, because we do have pretty much every one of our physicians asking mm-hmm. us to help them renegotiate those rates to get yeah. up to a current fee schedule. And it's funny because we call it a current fee schedule. What I've been noticing in a lot of the language that comes over when an insurance company or somebody is, it let's say, increasing them from 2010's fee schedule to 2020's fee schedule, it is actually a decrease. Just like you oh, said, course, Dr. Mark. Of course. You, where, where did you make more money in the 80s than you did current? Yeah, yeah <laughs>
2: like, I, I, I want to negotiate that 1986 yeah, schedule. No joke. You know, so, something <laughs> exactly. funny. I, I was uh, – Kind of early in my career, there were uh, there was a physician who was going down to uh, St. Thomas and uh, was had a had a practice. He go down there and about once a month he was mm-hmm. from the islands and, and he okay. was practicing and I was talking to him one day. And so they're, you know, U.S. in the U.S. Pro, um, territory mm-hmm. and they have Medicaid, Medicare coverage. Right. But they were on they were fixed in the rates in the 80s. So he was making nearly double More. what he was making in the U.S. Was in that the, in an the orthopedic No, it wasn't. It oh, it wasn't. What? Yeah, okay. and I don't want to say what it was. Because I be know obvious. one yeah. orthopedic yeah. doing the exact same I thing. Mean, we looked into yeah. it, and Actually, it, it was a real. Actually, has a home in the Bahamas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in the Bahamas, too. Yeah. yeah. So, so, well, this is Virgin Islands when we're still yep. in, in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Right, right. So, interestingly, I mean, it's just a fact, but it's you're amazing. right. You, you would think – you would think – it. I don't – there is no way I can find another industry that consistently goes down and will say, hey, we're going to yeah. take you to 2023 yeah. rates. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah. No, exactly. Don't, don't take us there at all. And
4: not only that, we know for a fact looking at cost of running not only a business but a medical practice over the last five years, mm-hmm. those costs have increased about 40%.
2: Yep,
3: yep. So well, that's what breaks my heart is – and, 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 and we work so hard to help them in this value-based arena because it is extra revenue – above and beyond what they bill and collect all year long. And right. even though it's not an exorbitant amount, it's still enough. It's something to offset it. But their light bill went up. They they are now having to pay a higher uh, right. full-time yep. employee. Yep. Yeah, it's all yep. of it. And all their mm-hmm. expenses go up, but they are expected to do even yep. better on their performance. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah, April and I were just told yesterday by a practice manager – that her physician needed to participate in our ACO reach program because he needed the additional 20%. Yeah.
2: Needed yeah. A, needed Just told us on. that yesterday. Well, you know, the other, our listeners might start thinking like, well, mm-hmm. then is value based at risk. And I u- use that term purposefully because that's the next step of if, if the val- if we start making too much money in the value based collection, it it will push us to start taking risk as physicians, well, and we're already we're doing that. Now. I know, I yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, so we have we have plans, and we'll talk it's, a little bit a about what that. It's a modified
4: shared risk, but we are at yeah. risk.
2: And in some parts of the country, and just again for our listeners, before we close down this segment, mm-hmm. when you're at risk, if you spend more than that market line that's drawn, and you being the physician, you you mm-hmm. need to pay out of pocket back to the payer, and so that's the next thing. But we'll pick up on this when we get back. We're going to take a quick break. Yeah, we're going
4: to highlight a lot of the different medical specialties and the people we've had on the air when we come back.
1: You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry.
5: The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com.
4: Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays
1: at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com.
0: Take the answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer
1: welcome back to healthcare now the truth about u.s healthcare and now let's head back into the healthcare now studios with dr mark and larry
2: welcome back to healthcare now this is dr mark i'm here with larry jones and our guest april peterson we are talking about shows in the past and and I tell you, I don't know. We've uh, how many pages was our outline?
4: Four pages, and we're on halfway down yeah. page two. Yeah, in so, two
2: shows. So we're we're gonna take our time, though. I mean, I, I mean, right. I, hopefully the listeners are enjoying this. And, you know, we we always seem to enjoy it, but I uh, yeah. I hope I hope that goes through the airways. Well,
4: I think Dr. Mark, what it's doing is reinforcing. All the education that we've tried to right. give our listeners over the last
2: two years exactly exactly and we we promised to come up with some uh some new stuff but yep. but this also updates a lot of the topics yep. um and speaking of topics we mm-hmm. had a, we had several physicians on as guests yes and those shows are always big favorites um i think you know it becomes more we more actually have one next week dr mark yep dermatology we have a
4: dermatologist dr, dr. kathleen Zindel, from the dermatology group out of longwood mm-hmm. she's going to be our guest next week
2: nice, nice. and we
4: have not talked about about dermatology
2: yeah here in florida pretty pretty crucial topic isn't it very much i mean so. all, all across the country but florida florida is yeah. definitely Well, let a, me give a you haven. a
4: little uh teaser on that did you only three percent of physicians in america are dermatologists wow really and there are four states california arizona texas and florida that have the most dermatologist of any state in the country,
2: and the most sunshine. What's yeah. that going to tell you? All Isn't that right, interesting. All right, that's yeah, that's it's not a shocker. I think yeah. I think that's never going to be a Jeopardy question. because that's right. It's, it's too <laughs> obvious, right? Right. All right. Well, t- talk about a few of the folks that we did have that yeah. on.
4: Well, you know, we've had several primary care physicians. Yes, and basically each of these primary care physicians talked about their not not just challenges but opportunities and struggles in keeping up with all the patients that are assigned, the right. word in our industry is attributed right, right. by our different value-based programs. Sure, sure.
2: yep, Yeah, because, I mean, in order to make this whole machine work, yep. they have to cover a certain number of patients. It's all about
4: primary and, care assignment.
2: And if yep. you're going to participate in value-based care, you've got to see all these people, That's right. and you've got to care for them. They can't just yep. be on a list and not show up yeah. for the year.
4: And, April, you deal with these primary care physicians almost daily. Uh, your thoughts on this?
3: Well, I mean, obviously, I I think it is a little bit different in the independent environment because, you know, I've had to go into these practices and pull charts for record keeping with the insurance companies. Those are requirements that we have to do. And if I just say a name, the doctor, the nurse, the front desk person, they all know who it is, what meds they take, uh, you know, how sick they are, when their next appointment is. It's so interesting because it's. It is a relationship between that yep. patient and the physician, you know? And right. so I just – I do find it a little bit different because they really do know who they all are. Now, when there are new patients that are attributed or aligned to that physician, of course, on our side, we help to do the outreach and try to get that member in and established. Yep. But I believe once they're established with an independent physician – that doctor, I mean, Dr. Mark could probably tell you, too. You you know their name. You know what's wrong with them. It's, well, Dr. Know, Mark right, was right.
4: an independent physician for his yep. entire career.
2: Yeah, I know. Well, that's
3: what I'm saying. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah no, that definitely, it, it does. And you, you spend time trying to figure all that out. And we're talking about thousands of patients. Yep. We're not talking about, you know, we do have there's a movement for some concierge medicine where people limit their practices and, but that's and you have very their expectation. small even today. Very small. Yeah. And I mean but we're talking about thousands of patients and and they're with their insurances there's less movement. There's less coming mm-hmm. and going. Um but and then the push to get new patients is right. it's tough. But uh it's yep. very important. Very important.
4: And you know one of the other uh specialties that we had on Quite a bit during covid is pediatric pulmonary yes mm-hmm. infectious disease and
2: allergy yep right because it was it was pretty hot pretty yep. hot topics at yep. the time in fact, it was kind of hard to to draw anybody away from in that very that right. really beginning year to talk about it it anything yep. else but we did we kind of reached out and we had we had uh, pediatrics was a big topic yep. it was and uh, I mean I think we've got we've, we've got some suggestions to do some other other stuff Cardi- yes. cardiology.
4: We've had some cardiologists, yep. we've had some metabolic specialists, yep. we've had some endocrinologists on the show right. talking about diabetes yep. and uh and then just recently we had Dr. Betsy Dovek, yes, who was a bariatric surgeon. Yes.
2: Yes. which absolutely. I thought
4: was one of our best shows. Oh yeah,
2: because she's not just a bariatric surgeon, right? She's she's yep. all in into wellness and looking at at bettering the outcomes I of I really her call patients. her a
4: lifestyle surgeon.
2: Yep. No, she is. She's yep. she's got that that whole thing going yep. on. And uh, and it's really – it's a whole whole package deal. And, in fact, a number of the physicians that we've had in that are independent physicians Mm -hmm. yet specialists do – address the patient as a whole yes i mean you know i think that that dr gymnatus is a great example he of that. was another good so one, dr. cardiologist Prada- yeah yep. so so he remember he, he talks so much about metabolic thing. health yep metabolic health your yep. diet activities mm-hmm. and and all those things and and i i think you know i, I was thinking about that when dr yep. dovek was here because they had, they had a lot of similar thoughts Very much so. and they come from different sides of the world yep. in many ways so yep and so, then uh, well, another, you know, I think, his, go ahead, April.
3: His, yep. Dr. Jim Nottis' son actually just left me a voicemail, and I would uh, like to make a special request to the two of you and have a sleep specialist on because we do know that so many of these chronic conditions yeah. and issues are, are he aligned is, with he the is poor sleep. He is boarded in sleep. That's
4: going to be his specialty. So we will right. we will get Dr. G on. Yep. Okay.
2: okay, great, great. So he is, uh, so he did his training in neurology. Internal medicine. Internal medicine any, and sleep. Uh, specializing okay. with sleep. Yeah, because there's a couple yep. of ways you can get to that sleep yeah, medicine Yeah, he doesn't
4: thing. want to be a primary care physician.
2: No, no. He's doing his sleep. He's doing sleep. Neat. And Very
4: another cool. physician that we had on, Dr. Sam Martin. Oh, yeah. And that was incredible. Dr. Martin's practiced medicine for over 40 years in Orlando. Yep. yep. is a. Uh,
2: Very well known um, here in Central Florida. Surgeon. Yep. And he's yeah, va- a vascular surgeon. Vascular surgeon. surgeon and 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 he pays attention he's one of those physicians that has forced himself to stay up on the Well he reinvented himself with his
4: vein clinics. Yeah, he did. He yeah.
2: did. I mean, yeah. as a response to some of the yeah. pressures that the hospitals yeah. were putting on independent physicians. Yeah. And yeah, well, he, but he stays up with with the finances, the politics, the insurance companies. So just a We're a actually going to have him back on sometime Gosh, in this first yeah, quarter. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he's fantastic.
4: He just yeah. sent me an article the other day that uh, we're going to talk about. As we okay. move forward. Excellent. Great Excellent. article. But uh, yeah, we've had podiatry on here. Right. Um, and then uh, we're going to have dermatology coming up very soon.
2: No, that'll be good. We'll have to uh, take some suggestions to folks. And we uh, there have been the hardest part about getting folks on is scheduling. Yep. Right. Because these are busy folks. Yep. And, and
4: they're seeing patients during the yep. day and we tape Thursday afternoons.
2: Yeah, yep. exactly. So yep. so I think that that's a, that's a piece of it. And, you know, I, it was kind of funny. We won't we won't. Name names, but there was one doc that we took the longest time because we kept telling him, "Well, this is when we can do it." And yeah. oh, okay. Well, how about this time? We're like, yeah. no, no, this is when we're doing it. He just no, didn't well, how about get this it. Time? <laughs> I'm like, I finally had to call him. I'm like, dude, that's that's it. That's the hour. You know, yeah. you got you to be there.
4: Those hours aren't yeah. flexible in recording at the studio.
2: Yep, exactly. Yep. And you know, we've talked about going to the uh, the live show, and I've got some trepidation yep. about you yep. know pulling that off because. Because of, the, yep. of that scheduling, but
4: well, I think you know if we do go to a live show, Doctor Mark, I'm hoping that there's going to be a portion of that that people can call in and ask questions directly. Oh yeah, because that's, that's going to be
2: well. That's the whole. That, it'll absolutely. it'll blow that's up our point. phone lines. Yeah, that's the whole point. That's yep. going to it'll yep. change the structure of what we're doing. Yep. Yep. But we try to look at chronic illness as our our top things to talk about yep. because things that were common like hypertension, diabetes, AFib, yep. Yep. Uh, different lung diseases. And you mentioned a few times your metabolic health. Uh-huh. Um, we talked about Alzheimer's both through the new monoclonal antibodies that are yep. out there, and just to mention and and how that affects and him. Yep, six million the, the, people. I
4: call it the Adahim debacle.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. It's still it's still out there, but now there's I know there's two other yep. companies with active studies in the clinical phases for monoclonal antibodies yep. there, which is what we said the first week that was released was the good news is monoclonals are are the answer. And That's and right. it, even if this one doesn't work out to be the bomb, there, there's going to be others, others well, coming. Did you others see coming. just
4: yesterday they announced that there's this new Omicron variant out there? I didn't see that. And they're saying that it represents 40% of all cases. Wow. And all they're doing really is just recommending people get their booster shots.
2: It, yeah, but is is that information all coming out from Pfizer? It's
4: coming out from the uh,
2: NIH. NIH? And NIH, CDC, CDC? Yeah. okay, yeah. all right. Yep. Very good, but uh, we we had some uh, folks come talk to us about education. Yep. Uh, Doctor German from oh, the UCF College great, of Medicine. That was a great. That uh, was
4: a great show. And
2: then, so, and at that time, I wasn't. I, I didn't have that dean position at the FSU right? College of Medicine, right. so we we got, we got to double up on that. And we now we that have every, a resident dean. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> we, get, we get we get to we have to put up with that every week. And so we've had some uh, folks from from industry, from uh, the insurance companies. Ray, yep. Ray Parzik with Blue Cross Blue Shield,
4: who is t- in charge of all their value based programs for right. for the whole state for Blue Cross
2: and. Uh, Dr. Michael Howell with Cigna, senior I mean, medical
4: executive with Cigna. Been we've worked with Dr. Howell oh, and Ray yeah. for years. Oh,
2: absolutely, and he yep. he actually works a great deal with FSU yep. as well. He's one of our faculty. Oh, he does. Okay, and uh, he's working on yep. a great a great talk coming up with another one of our faculty uh, yep. for the students. Okay, so, and, and, and you
4: know, let me jump members. back a minute. We've we've had quite a few patient testimonies too. Oh, for sure, and yep. uh, problem solving on whether it's a billing or a a case or whatever a yeah. clinical case
2: hospital billing i know it, we've all had personal experience we we've shared those little pieces and and uh, i i had a family member who was just yep. planning some some necessary medical intervention and the first first phone call that they get from anybody they didn't already know is from billing yep. at the hospital yep. that says oh, when you check in, you need to bring $6,000. That's right. And That's right. after going through pre-admission testing, they're like, what? That's not so my copay. It's, yep. they, they, it's 1500 bucks. Yep. That's what you have. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it's and just And you know just what they'll thing. tell
4: you? Well, we'll give it back to you.
2: Oh, and, and, and how long you've months to, or, to a year. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I told so, you the so story the about
4: my daughter who had her second child. Right. And she went to, just a couple days before her planned delivery, they called her up and said, you need to give us a credit card for $3,000. Right. Well, she's a school teacher in Seminole she's County. Covered. And I happened to be at that time on the business advisory board and helped develop the, the, the health, plan, plan health plan for this. So I called the admission office up and I said, why are you asking her for $3,000? Well, if it's not that, we just estimate. I said, ma'am, her copay <laughs> is $300. Yeah. And she'll give you that if you want it. And they said, okay, no problem.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So that was the lesson when, and yeah. we, we talked about p- patients that received bills yep. and said, so what do I do? And the first thing we said is yep. call them. That's right. And if it doesn't make sense yep. or they haven't billed your insurance company, or if you yep. have no insurance, call them. So, and, med- and one of our debt. most
4: consistent things we say on this show is, and I'll repeat it three times and you did never, never, never pay a bill until you check it out.
2: Exactly. Yep, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, no, I think that's that's probably good words to live by in a lot of things, but it is. never more true than it is in health care. Healthcare, yep. That, is, that yep. is for certain. But,
4: when we come back, Dr. Mark, we're going to talk a little bit about how we've uh, em- emphasized the importance of preventative wellness. And we spent so many shows talking about primary care is the key to maintaining good health
2: in yep. annual wellness and visits. The, the annual wellness visit was, we, yep. we said it. We could probably—that's one of those buzzwords that we say over and over again. It's—it's it's a covered visit. It's everybody needs to, to do it, and you know that's—that's that's one of the things that April's probably shaking yep. the bushes to make sure everybody gets out of their house and gets their
1: annual visit.
4: And when we come back, we will let April tell us a little bit about how she works in the offices to do that?
1: We'll be right back. All right. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry.
5: The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com.
0: Take the answer with you wherever you go. Theanswerorlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The
1: answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry.
2: Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we've got April Peterson on the line as well. Uh, we are recapping the last hundred shows and we wanted to pick up on talking about uh, some pre- preventative care, which has been yes. a, a topic for decades, but I think it's it's really taking heart in a, in a stronger fashion in the last yep. few years.
4: And, you know, Dr. Mark, once we finish with this segment, one of our first segments after we finish with this is we're going to talk about how to maintain great health as you age.
2: Yep. Nope, it is. I mean, I think yep. that we've, we continue to learn a great deal, but but I, I don't I don't remember a time ever that I didn't hear different groups yep. touting it. Because to be fair, there's big business yep. in in preventative health, especially when you start looking at things like supplements, yep. uh, fitness, and whatnot. And so it's always been a struggle to figure out what's just the latest fad versus, you know, what's really going to help you.
4: But you've had a little bit of an advantage in your lifetime because not only are you a physician, you were in the military. Yes. And fitness and health is all about that.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, there's an ethos you got to set up, right? And, and, and if you're going to, if we're talking about physical fitness, I mean, it takes commitment and it's, it's not, it's not easy. And I think that the biggest barrier to us maintaining that that preventative care and, and, and doing well is how we eat. And in Without the US, the number of billions of dollars that are spent on really, really bad food. Yep. Not bad as in not delicious, because often delicious. Right. But the bad for you. we are the worst in the world yep. Yep. as far as how easy it is to access yep. bad food. And then on the yep. other end of the spectrum is are the groups of of folks that have food insecurity and can't access yep. quality food. Right. And so the that's only, the you know, problem. Yeah. Yep. And bad, yep. bad food's cheap. Yep. Right. And
4: I mean, April, April sun, bad food, April yep. sun, just
3: food, it's expensive. expensive.
4: Yeah. Yep. April, let's talk about uh, your son for a minute who just finished five years in the Marine Corps and his fitness program and, and the difference in when he went in where he is today. Well, I mean,
3: he's, always been extremely physically fit. Uh he was a football player most of his life and then, you know, the Marine Corps was just another version of that, I guess, but he's just he always loved um physical fitness. He's loved to be in shape and all that. And even as a small kid, he never ate the bad food. We were fortunate enough to be able to afford the quality stuff, but right. um you know, he was never a candy eater or soda drinker or anything right. like that. Right. So um, even today, when I see him, you know, he's just always pounding healthy vegetables. And right. he's very, oh, it's very, all about habits. habits yep.
2: Well, I mean I, I mean, I can tell you that the the discussion decades ago, and still in a lot of households today, is, you know, kids can eat whatever they yep. want to eat because they just burn it off, especially kids that are active in sports. I mean, they're oh, yeah. just yep. crunching through calories, and yep. they can eat garbage. Yep. And the reality is, yes, their bodies can handle these things much better than full grown adults, right? However, it's what you just said April, it's the habits they develop. Because yeah. if you eat poorly, but then when you're in your late teens, early 20s, flip to to food that you're going to be do okay, but that's not what you're going to do no. because you develop habits. You're like, right. "Man, I had I had Doritos every time I got home from school. Right. I had a bag bag of Doritos. Yep. You're never yep. going to give up Doritos." Yep. And and, oh, yeah. the, and and the Doritos manufacturers, they know that, and that chip yep. was made, yep. and I, you know, I just brought that one up. Yep. There's, a, there's a great book out there I think I've, I've mentioned before called The Dorito Effect, right. and it's the idea I, of – I've seen that. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's, yep. a, it's, it's a quick read, and yep. it, it's got a lot of good stuff in it, and it, if everybody really read something like that, yep. that book or mm-hmm. something like that, and got the idea of, man, we need to work on the habits, yep. and, well, and, and that's going to be a lifetime of health. Yep.
4: Well, you know, I was watching an article on TV the other night, and it was talking about the evolution of food in America. And as little as 15 years ago, it was recommended by all the experts that sugar was good for you.
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, Just well, as
4: little as 15 years ago.
2: Oh, uh, Well, because of marketing, it was recommended <laughs> yeah. that smoking was good for yeah, you. Yeah, that's mean, right. I, we haven't yeah. learned anything from these, this stuff. No. But, but yeah, so I think that, that that's a, a huge issue that has to be tackled. And uh, again, no regulation. In I fact, mean,
4: one of the articles uh it talked about as few as five years ago, it was recommended that potato chips were better for you than fruit.
2: No, okay. oh, okay. where is that? It actually said that. Yeah.
4: This is the evolution of where we've been.
2: Yeah. No, it is. It's yeah. it's great. Well, I, I, I think it's that <laughs> that level of what is considered you know, evaluated fact through studies and, and marketing. So uh, it's marketing. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's amazing. Yep. So we've got, we've got a long way to go, but there's been a long history of the strength in advertising and, you know, who has, you know, who, who was hired to make sure, you know, you know, everybody loves bacon. Bacon's a a real, real winner. I eat a lot of bacon. People didn't used to eat bacon. And it was I don't know
4: how good for it is for you.
2: Right? No, it's it's not. I didn't and, think and, so. And, <laughs> and it was actually it was actually brought forth through marketing a, a particular individual who was really good at marketing who comes to the door and starts saying, We need to tell people that they should have that for bre they need bacon for breakfast. Yep. And it was it was it was something that was some food, like some chefs yep. would use it in different dishes. But no, you yep. they there were there was literally a huge movement that they you'd come out and say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. It's yep. not. that that lasted Not if you're going to eat bacon, right? <laughs> that lasted decades. I'm telling you, it's, yep. I mean, there's there's a lot of good stories about that. But that preventative wellness, so we, we've got exercise, we've got choosing our foods, developing good habits, both with exercise yep. and yep. with at, yep. health, yep. And, and the annual wellness visit. Well, and to that keep was the key.
4: Yep. Uh, I'm glad you highlighted that maintaining good health, but th- it all starts with an annual wellness visit with your primary care physician.
2: Right. And and I get that people will be like, you know, I feel fine. But we do know that early intervention to pretty much every yep. chronic illness that we talk about helps. Yep. And so yep. you're right. Hopefully you'll go to the annual wellness visit and they'll yep. say, hey, you look great. All your labs are great. Everything's great. Yep. Let's see you next year. And, and you're going to be, well, why am I going to come next year? Because yeah. I was great this year.
4: April, you deal with that every day and talking to our practices about getting their annual wellness visits for their patients. You want to talk a little bit about that?
3: Well, like Dr. Mark said, that's exactly the message. I think 99.9% of every physician tries to drive into the brain of people. Unfortunately, in America, we don't treat this as health care. We treat this as sick care, right? Right, I only go to the doctor reactive. when I'm sick. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. And unfortunately, that's typically too late. You look at all of these things. I mean, we recently have a friend that um, had some preventative screenings and found uh a mass, it ended up not being cancerous, but was able to be removed back on her feet in a couple of weeks. I mean, that's the prognosis I would like. And I believe it was (laughs)
4: stated in that particular friend of ours, uh, April, is that that physician, because of that annual wellness visit, possibly saved her life.
3: Absolutely. So what is the inconvenience for an hour visit to your primary care physician, get that annual yep. wellness. Now, don't skimp out on also getting your mammogram and your right. you know, colonoscopy and obviously your blood work done yep. because the physician needs that information in order to assess everything correctly. But these preventative screenings are really where healthcare has moved to. That is the whole basis of the value-based movement that we were talking about earlier. It is that preventative perspective. And I think we just have to get more and more people to embrace that and at least go once a year and get that annual wellness visit.
5: <laughs> yeah, I
2: think we're going to go a long way having the uh, the genome now and when we're, we're learning more about predictors of illness. Yes. And I think that Functional the medicine, annual, yeah, yeah that, that mm-hmm. annual wellness visit. Maybe we visit. can get
4: a genome specialist
2: on the show someday. I you know I don't I don't know I don't, I don't know I don't, of I don't, any, I don't but... know of any yeah so but 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 <laughs> no it's interesting. we do we yeah. just
3: met one um he is a functional physician in Tampa and okay. he was interested in in coming on and just going through that whole process
4: yeah we'll guy, talk you know. about that yeah because yeah, it's
2: it's yeah. interesting because you know the twenty three and me mm-hmm. was they've been operating at a deficit like when they say you know it costs a hundred bucks mm-hmm. for you to they lose money on every yep. client and the and the reason sure. they did this. Was because they wanted to put together a company that would yep. c- would create data, and now I think they had maybe it was, it was their first, maybe maybe mm-hmm. maybe I missed out there, but I think they had one mm-hmm. of their first big investors come in and say, "We're paying you for this data," and because we're trying to look at, you know, they mm-hmm. they send you questions all the time, and so if they find yeah. a whole bunch of people that have asthma. And if we look at that genome, what do they have in common?
4: Yeah, well, one of the most uh, common genome testing methods that we have right now is it's called Foundation One. And I believe it's actually part of Cleveland Clinic. And many of our physicians send information to them checking on certain patients, particularly in the oncology world.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, in the oncology world, that's the most advanced piece. And, you know, because we do see... Both for treatment and for looking in things, but we can start looking at stuff. I mean there, there are there are markers of so many things out there, yep. and the expense has come down. yep, it's still not cheap
4: back a couple of years ago it was about five thousand dollars for that test. To run
2: a genome. yeah yeah, yeah. no, absolutely yeah. and now, and even like the the ancestry.com and 23 andme they look at certain genetic markers, mm-hmm. but not all of them, right but they do look they do have the entire genome mapped out and it's kind of you can actually download your genome and take a look at it Mm -hmm. and look at the different foci and whatnot so i think that's going to be a big part of the future is that that functional medicine and how that that really needs to wrap into your your annual visit because you need to know what's going to be good for you you know and and there there's that answers the question well like my grandma drank Diet Coca-Cola and smoked cigarettes for 90 years, and she lived for 90 years. I mean, what are are you going to do? So,
4: April, when you're dealing with our practices and you see that their percentages of annual wellness visits to our total patients attributed to them are not where it needs to be, how do you deal with that?
3: Well, I mean, honestly, it goes back to a little bit of the conversation we had earlier, which is these are more likely going to be brand-new patients that are aligned to that primary care physician. Sure. So the physician doesn't have that same relationship with them right. to impress how important that annual wellness visit is. So yeah. what we do in our network, as you know, is that we offer support to them through our clinical team, yeah. and we'll do the outreach to those members directly yeah. so that we can you know, emphasize the importance of getting that done some of the physicians allow us to do the scheduling within their system. Yep. So we're able to yep. contact the member and schedule that's them right helpful. then. Right. And then that's very helpful. Are, yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, that's 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 the, the the way it's gonna have to be done. And I think the the biggest challenge is you, you do bring that uh yep. bring bring the horse to water. And more and more and payers today are there, allowing
4: yeah. uh ancillary providers like nurse practitioners and PAs to do the annual wellness visit versus the physician. Yeah. No, and yeah. that's going to be a big help towards getting this done.
2: Okay.
3: Well, more and more insurance companies are giving the benefit to the patient or the member by giving them a reduction True. in their um, out of pockets or, co- yeah, or, or or even or a deduction.
4: gift card.
2: You know.
3: yep. 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 Exactly. Well, right.
2: yep. 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 Tay, before we close out, I'm going to give our uh, listeners two two little homework advantages. Uh, definitely look up that that Dorito factor there. Look yep. up that book. And then uh, Freud's nephew was Edward Bernays. Bernays. Look, yeah, get okay. some information, Edward Bernays. Edward Bernays okay. single-handedly changed how America eats and how the world eats, and it's not in a good way. Yep. We'll be back next week with uh, uh, more topics here, and then we'll probably pick up for some fresh shows as well. Great
4: show today, Dr. Mark. See you next week.
1: Thanks, April. Thank you. Thank you.